Sports is back, and so am I. It's win or lose. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Win or Lose. It's been a crazy few months. Took a little hiatus. It's been sports has been a non-factor. It's really been none. But looks like we're starting to get back a little bit. I know boxing has started along with UFC. So we're starting to get, you know, get back into focus a little bit. It's been crazy. 2020 with the coronavirus. The shutdown sports in March. And it's just been a crazy, you know, year. I hope everybody's doing okay. Along with the, you know, racial problems we're having. You know, police brutality and the George Floyd situation. It's kind of been a crazy, crazy few months here in 2020. Like I said, I hope everybody's doing okay. Good, I'm doing okay. I'm Hopefully we can start talking about sports a little bit more. I know I've been gone for a minute. And it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, we kind of get back into things. As long as sports is going, you know. With the virus and the marches and the, you know, just everything that's going on, it's really going to be interesting to see. And I'm going to start off with the NBA and see how they get back to things. You know, they shut down. They was the first league to officially say we're shutting it down and we're not playing and everybody else followed suit. So they're going to come back. Now, they didn't cancel the season. They're just going to come back and try to finish three months later which is I agree and disagree with it. You know, I kind of feel like it's been three months. Let's call a spade a spade and, you know, start back off in October. But on the other hand, they could lose a lot of money. The players could lose a lot of money. I mean, I think in the NBA, it might be a lockout around the corner, especially if they didn't finish this season. There could have been some more issues. So I kind of get it from that standpoint. But like I said, three months, they're going to go down to a bubble in Orlando, Florida, where the coronavirus is just raising, you know, rising, rising every day. They're going to go down to Orlando and they're going to be in a bubble that a bubble that I think cost the NBA one hundred and fifty million. So they say they're they're going everybody's going to be safe. Everything's going to be okay. I don't know. This is going to be interesting. Because this isn't like boxing where it's just one-on-one. This is a lot of people and a lot of places. Can every can you get everybody, you know, to go through with this? You know, is everybody going to be on their best behavior to stay in the bubble and stay quarantined and don't try to get out into the Florida life and go out there and, you know, come back and infect everybody? That's going to be the thing. That's why I was never good at you know, group projects because there's always one person who messes it up for everything. So I just rather just do everything by myself. So they're going to have to, you know, put their trust in that everybody's doing what they need to do, stand in their room, stand in the little spots they got where they can be with their teammates and other players. And, and you know, that's, that's the only way the season's going to finish. You know, they're starting it back up, but is, is there a guarantee they're going to finish it? That's the thing. So... I don't know. I'm 50-50 on it, on it finishing. I know they're going to start it back up, but like I said, I'm 50-50 on, on it finishing. 
Now, I know it was a lot of players who, you know, were not okay with the NBA starting back up. I know it was Kyrie Irving, didn't want Dwight Howard, and a couple of other players, A.B. Bradley, who, would, you know, wanted to kind of, you know, didn't know how the movement would help with them being on the court, you know. The black community needs you guys, you know, out there in the community instead of playing basketball, which I disagree with that. I mean, you can be on the court and and still show, you know, that you're with them and they're going to let them wear things on the back of their jerseys and Black Lives Matter is going to be on the court. So they're going to do some things to really, you know, after interviews, after the game, the players can talk. So I think the best way to show is playing. I don't have a problem with them playing and you know, the message would be better if we seeing them. They're talking at the press conference. They're doing signs, signals, or something during the game, or wearing a shirt, you know, before the game starts. So I disagree with Kyrie Irving on that. It's a lot of players who, you know, don't really want to play, but for financial reasons, they are going to come down here and play. So that also, you know, bears into things. You know, are they really motivated to play? Or is this just a money thing? I know with LeBron, it's about winning championships. He wants to get this season. This was his revenge season. So he wants to go and knock this out and get a championship. So I wonder, is everybody really like, I mean, they've been off for three months. Is everybody else pretty much checked out and this just coming back down there just to get a paycheck? Or are we actually going to get and see good basketball? That's the question. Are we going to get good basketball? Or are we going to get guys out there who just, hey, I'm just out here, you know, so I can get paid. And, you know, I don't really care. So it's going to be interesting to see how that happens once the NBA season starts. So we got 22 teams going down to the bubble. Um, I think 12 of which don't have a chance in hell winning, but, you know, it is what it is to play eight games and then we go straight into the playoffs. 22 teams is a little bit much for me. I mean, I, I'm, I wouldn't mind them just jumping off into the playoffs, have some preseason games and then just get to the playoffs. But... It is what it is. 22 teams, they're going to play eight games and then go straight into the playoffs. No home court, no fans. So it's going to be interesting to see how this thing works out. You know, I would have been happy with just 10 teams, you know. You know, be honest with you, hell, only six really got a chance of winning the championship. But it is what it is. You got They got to make that money back some way. So, you know, like I said, how safe are the players going to be? They say they went through all these steps and procedures and all these guidelines, and it's going to be real strict. So, like I said, in Florida, of all places, where it seems like it's rising more than any other places in the United States, it's going to be interesting to see. Are they rushing back? I mean, should they have just took this L and just came back in October? So if you do finish the season, it's going to finish in October, so what do you turn back around and start another season in December? I don't know what the NBA is going to do as far as that. I guess they haven't got that far. They just want to finish the season up and and see how it goes. And I honestly, I hope they do. We really haven't had no sports in a couple of months. I think we're all ready to see something, even if it's going to be kind of weird with no fans in the crowd. You know, NBA season goes on. Hopefully, football. So we have NBA, NFL, all you know, college, everything. You know, right around that August, September time. So that's gonna be interesting. We're gonna have a lot of things to watch. So it's gonna be interesting with the day. You know, with with so much time off, it's just gonna be about who took care of themselves the most. 
and who's motivated to win? Who wants to come in here and finish the season off and win? It's not about getting a paycheck. It's about I need to win this championship for my legacy. LeBron looks like he's ready. To me, the Clippers have the best team, so we'll see. If everybody comes back healthy and in shape, you know, teams in the East, the Bucks, I like the Celtics, the Raptors are already down there in Florida, so they're going to be, they're the first team down there, so they're going to be waiting to see how it goes. As far as uh, some of the players who didn't want to play, Victor Oladipo for the Indiana Pacers will not be playing. Uh, he's a big uh, piece of their puzzle. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Pacers do. But they actually kind of played pretty good when he didn't play this year. So that should be interesting. Bradley Beal says he's not going to play, which the Wizards didn't have a chance of doing anything anyway. If I was Bradley Beal, I'd go get healthy, come back next year. Hopefully John Wild gets healthy and the Wizards will be a playoff team next year in the East. Uh, Avery Bradley didn't want to play for the Lakers. Uh, Wilson Chandler, uh, Trevor Ariza. You know, so, but Oladipo and Bill were kind of the big names who wanted to sit out, who didn't make. Kyrie Irving was already injured. I think Kevin Durant is is almost 100%, almost 100%, but he's going to go on and sit it out and just come back next season. So it's going to be interesting to see how this NBA thing plays out. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be watching, and it's going to be interesting. They're going to finish the season. Hopefully, they're going to finish this season off. And we see where it goes from here. The NBA is back. That's been going on since I last talked with you guys. But uh, Tom Brady is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Yeah, I'll say it again. Tom Brady is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. That's interesting. I never thought I'd see the day where he would leave New England. But I guess things these last couple of years just got kind of ran his course. And Belichick drove him nuts. And he made the move. I know he still wanted to play, so I knew retirement wasn't an option. He just needed to find the right place. And it was kind of looking like the way it was setting up. He sold his home in Massachusetts. His family had moved to New York. There was never, they didn't give him a contract extension. You know, the owner had shut his mouth. He didn't say anything else. So it kind of was kind of looking like, like this might be Brady's last season in New England, but nobody wanted to believe it. It was like, I'm not, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. This is not going to happen. I mean, they've had their issues with each other before, but it never got to this extreme. And they still kind of like are not taking shots or it really hasn't came out yet. You know, was it a feud or was it just maybe it was just time to move on? So now Brady's down in Tampa Bay. I'll start off with the Buccaneers. I mean, the Patriots side of it first. I don't. I think Belichick had been ready to move off of Brady, but time wasn't catching the hints. You know, I think Belichick was ready to move on. You know, it ran his course. I kind of want to get younger. You kind of had to stay older and kind of a veteran team with time to try to continue to win. I think Belichick was just ready to, you know, just, you know, scratch, scrape everything, scratch everything, and let's start from scratch. He wanted Garoppolo, but the owner, you know, stepped in and said, we're going to ride it out a few more years with time. And that's what it was. I think it went sour from there. 
You know, Belichick said, I'm going to do this one more time. If you step in, then I'm out. So, you know, one more year, a couple more years. He's been ready to move on. Like I said, I think, like I said, Brady wasn't catching the hints. You know, you try to break up with somebody. You know, you try to break up with somebody and they just don't get the hints. That's that's kind of frustrating. You know, you don't you know, you don't want to be mean. You know, and just say like, it's over, I'm done with you. You know, so you try to do things that, you know, to try to get them to break up with you. You know, and I think that's kind of what Belichick was trying to do. You trying to cut off a friend, but they don't catch the hint. So you try to do things to try to do things to get them to be mad and leave you alone. I think that's kind of what Brett Belichick was trying to do. And Brady finally got the hint. It's like, this guy doesn't want me around. I'm not going to keep on pretending. Let's get out of here. And he made that move. And like I said, I think Brady's one of those kind of guys that like, if you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. I think there was agreement. Okay, he's going to play the 40. Now Tom wants to play the 42. Now Tom wants to play the 45. Now Tom wants to play the 48. And Belichick's like, oh, look, 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 look. Enough's enough. We ain't going to never get young fooling with you. So let's just cut the cord here. You go your way. I'll go my way. And we'll see who the person behind it. Why, why were we so successful? Was it you or was it me? But it kind of like reminds me of like, like a married couple who like in their 70s and they like, hey, let's get divorced. Like we've been married for 50 years. Our kids are grown. Our grandkids are oh, are, are grown and I'm not in love with you anymore. It's like at a certain point, it's like, look, y'all put up with each other bullshit this damn long. You old asses just ride it out. You ain't got much longer. Just go on and ride it out. It just seemed like an old married married couple been married for 50 years saying they want to get a divorce all of a sudden. That's kind of how I feel with the Brady-Belichick situation. As for time, he just got Rob, talked Rob Gronkowski out of coming out of retirement. So he's got somebody down there he's comfortable with. You know, he whipped Bruce Arians, so you know he's going to throw that thing. And, like, like it's just a complete opposite of, uh, of Belichick with Arians. Somebody, Arian, somebody who you can, you know, have a beer with, you know, how the wife doing, you know what I'm saying? You know, talking about real things. You get to cuss in front, you know, just a real guy, you know, player's coach. Belichick is, you know, we come in, do your job. You do your job. I do my job. We leave. We probably won't talk to each other outside of here. If that, Arian, somebody you seem like you can call him in the middle of the night. Hey, man, she tripping, man. Bruce, what should I do? You know, he just seemed like he that kind of guy. Hey, Tom, you know, just go ahead and, you know, let her have his night. You sleep on the couch. Y'all be good in the morning, man. We can talk about it at practice. You know, Arian seemed like he's one of those kind of guys. And I think him and Tom going to get along. Like I said, he brought in Rob Gronkowski. You know, just to somebody to be comfortable with. I'm going to a new place. I need somebody around me who, who, who I know, who I'm cool with. You know, go to ins and outs of the game. So... That's good for him to go with Godwin and uh, and Mike Evans. I can't believe Belichick made that trade, too, with Gronkowski. I thought he was going to be petty and be like, well, no, we're not going to. But he went by and he made the trade. This might be a new Belichick. And uh, as he's getting older, he might be getting a little softer. So I don't know. I didn't think he would make that trade. So the Buccaneers are definitely, on paper, they look like a Super Bowl contender. Like I said, with Gronkowski now, Brady is the quarterback. That was the only problems last year was Jameis turned the ball over too much. 
You know, he was putting up. He had 5,000 yards. People forget that. James had 5,000 yards, had 30 touchdowns. So I don't want no excuse with Brady about this. You know, we gave him a pass last year. He didn't have the weapons. He didn't have people around him. There ain't no excuse this year. He got Evans. He got Godwin. He got Gronk. Bruce Arians won't throw the damn ball all the time. There's no excuses to put up stats, put up points. And if he doesn't, then we'll start to realize that he may be the problem. I like Tampa Bay on paper. Their defense, I don't I don't like the the secondary, but they can improve that in the draft. They got Sue coming back. Shaq, you know, Shaq Barrett led the league in sacks last year. I like this Tampa Bay defense. I like the team overall. I think they're going to be a contender. I'm not writing off the Patriots, though. You know, I know Brady's gone. I don't know the, the uncertainty at the quarterback position. I don't know what's going to happen there. But I'm not writing them off yet. They'll still find a way, I think, to win nine games. They in a crappy division. Belichick will find a win of two or three, you know, wins just, you know, off the strength of the defense. You got to realize, who the defense carried that team last year. You know, it was a lot of those, team, you know, 17, 13, 13, 9 games that the defense won last year. So they still got the defense that I think is going to be solid. As long as they get this quarterback in here and don't make no mistakes. I think the Patriots would be right in the uh, thick of things in that division. Now, are they a Super Bowl contender? Those days might be over for the next couple of years. But I, I'm not going to count Belichick out for like this is going to be like a four or five, six, seven year rebuild. No, I don't think so. I think by two, three years, he get the quarterback he want and they'll be back in contention. But for right now, Brady got the laugh right now because he'll be, be on a better team with a better chance to win in the long run. It's going to be interesting to see because the Super Bowl is in Tampa Bay this year. We've never had a team make it to the Super Bowl in the city that's hosting it. So we'll see how that plays out. And like I said, they got to protect time because you know Bruce Arians won't throw that ball. So it's going to be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to it. And we'll see who has the better, you know, their first year apart. We'll see who does better, Brady or Belichick. Cam Newton has signed with the New England Patriots. He was released uh, at the end of March by the Carolina Panthers. And he was out of football for a couple of months, but now he has signed a veteran minimal with the New England Patriots for $550,000. And with incentives, he can make up to $7.5 million. New England Patriots got a bargain. Got a steal. Former league MVP. Cam has battled injuries. He can't seem to stay healthy. So I think a lot of teams have given up on him, including the team that drafted him, the Carolina Panthers. I think it might be a good move for the Patriots. I don't understand why Cam would take such a, take such a, like, I mean, to me, it was kind of like he just, you know, took whatever was available, I guess, maybe. I guess his stock has fell that low where he's, you know, not even making a million dollars for a quarterback position. So it's going to be kind of interesting. He steps into New England now since the Brady era is over. 
I'm thinking he'll beat out Jared Stidham to be the starter, and that's going to be big shoes to fill. I think he's got Belichick. I think he's got Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator. And I think if healthy, the Patriots should continue where they are and be a playoff team and still be, you know, one of the top teams in the AFC like they have been for the past 20 years. It's going to be interesting. I think, you know, this is a good situation for Cam. All he needs is somebody to give him a chance, stay healthy, win games, and he'll be back on our radar. So this is a good situation. Hopefully he plays well and, you know, reaches some of his his incentives. I don't think he'll be able to reach all of them, but if he reaches some of them, that'll be good enough. He can get back on the market next year because it's only a one-year deal. Get back on the market next year and get what he rightfully deserves. I mean, he's very getting very underpaid right now. But if he has a good season, bounce back, plays good football, gets the Patriots in the playoffs, we won't even remember, you know, this situation. So it's going to be interesting to see how that happens. Hopefully, Camp can stay healthy. I'm rooting for him. And it's going to be fun to see. We have just witnessed the biggest contract in sports history. Patrick Mahomes just signed a 10-year extension with the Kansas City Chiefs for $450 million. Wow. Show me the money. I think he deserves it. I mean, I really do. I think he deserves it. I mean, I think he's off to one of the best starts in NFL history. I mean, let's look at his first two seasons. The first year he starts, he throws 50 touchdowns, wins the MVP, gets the Chiefs to the AFC Championship, a game they should have won and went to the Super Bowl. In his second year, he comes back. He had a little injuries, but he came back just in time, healthy at the end of the season, and leads them to their first Super Bowl in 50 years. Gives Andy Reid his first Super Bowl. So I think he deserves it. And the way the quarterback position is set up nowadays, you need that stability. I mean, some teams, you see, they can't get out of their own damn way because they can't get the quarterback position right. Chiefs got the quarterback position right for the next 10 years. I'm not mad at them for giving them the money. I mean, you got to look at it. You know, I feel like a quarterback is like having a reliable car. You know, you go out there, you know your car going to start up. You know it's going to get you to your job. It's going to get you to your hobbies. It's going to get you to everything you need. That's what the quarterback does. He gets you right. Gets, you know the team is in great, great hands if they got a good quarterback. And he makes up for a lot of weaknesses. Let's be honest. Kansas City don't have the best defense in the world. But he makes up for a lot of their weaknesses that they lack. So I'm happy with Patrick Mahomes getting what he deserves. I don't have a problem with it. We've seen some large contracts, especially in baseball, they really don't, you know, materialize. And, you you know, like the Alex Rodriguez. We've had so many baseball deals where it's like, oh, my God, what did you do? Albert Pujols going to the Anaheim Angels. They just don't work out. But I think this is going to work out. It's already paid dividends. Hell, they already won a Super Bowl with him. So, and the contract hasn't even started yet. So just what he's going to bring, really not in his prime yet, and he's already doing this. I think the Chiefs are set up to win. Oh wow, going 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 forward here. So it's just gonna be interesting to see what other teams gonna have to do now. You know, Patrick Mahomes making over 40 million a year. 
You know, what's the next quarterback, big quarterback coming up? What's he's going to expect? So it's going to be interesting to see how these dominoes affect us. Dak Prescott now going to want more, you know, once his franchise deal is up. None of these guys are really in Mahomes' category. But we'll see what teams have to, you know, give out to these quarterbacks that's coming after Mahomes. It's going to be interesting to see. And, you know, football's off to a good start here. It be, should be coming back around. Is there a lot of pressure on Mahomes or no? I don't think so because he's already won a Super Bowl. And it's going to really be hard to really put a good team around him because he's, you know, taking up so much of the cap. So it really, Kansas City really will have to be smart and really draft well because they're not going to be able to keep all these veteran players that they have around them now with him taking up most of the cap. So they're going to have to draft well, you know, see if they can, you know, kind of, you know, underpay some great guys who really want to come to a winning organization and take less. So we'll see. It's going to be, you got to be really, real smart when you give up this money on putting the pieces around them to continue to be good. Kansas City got a nice organization. I think they can put it together. I think they'll still be in contention. I love the contract. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't watch NASCAR. I don't pretend to watch NASCAR. And frankly, I don't really care about it. But this Bubba Wallace situation has kind of been interesting to me. It's kind of got us to pay attention to NASCAR when we normally wouldn't wouldn't talk about it. Sports is not going on, so we've you know had to pay attention to sports we normally wouldn't give two cents about. And NASCAR is one of them. We got the whole situation with Bubba Wallace. He was one of the few black guys in NASCAR, and he kind of spoke out about, you know, the Confederate flag, getting rid of it. He made him feel uncomfortable. And, he, you know, he's been racing for years now. So, like, my thing is, like, why now did you speak out about the Confederate flag? I mean, you've been down there. And that's just, I guess it's the right time with all the race, racial things going on, the racial undertones. I guess everyone's speaking up on issues they've been had. So I guess it's better late than never. I guess, you know, you know, so I guess right now is the time for him to kind of speak up. He probably already has always spoke about it, but now it just seems like he has a bigger platform. People are actually paying attention to the sport. So I guess it kind of makes sense. He kind of talked about... You know, the Confederate flag makes him feel uncomfortable with his racial undertones. And, and I get it. And he kind of got it removed from being at the NASCAR race, which is a good thing. I I credit I credit them for, you know, listening to their racer and, and getting it out of there. And a lot of people were offended about that, by that, especially with NASCAR being a southern sport. And the Confederate flag is really big down there in the south and the South Carolinas and, you know, the places like that, Mississippi. So there's a lot of people who are upset, you know, white people. So, you know, say he said it was a, so it was a noose found in his garage, which uh, he was said he was getting death threats and people were offended about their flag. So I kind of I kind of believed that it, you know, believed him. And like he said, they showed a picture of it on Sports Center and. It was kind of tied like a noose, but they said it was in there since 2019. So it kind of makes me, you know, question like, you know, 
was it always like that? And they just now found out. It just, just, just don't make sense to me. It just don't make sense to me. I don't know what to think about it. I hope everything is okay with this guy. I know a lot of people take in the South take their Confederate flag serious. They got rid of it as well they should have. But it just seems weird to me that that's the story they came back with. It's been in the garage since 2019, making making Bubba Wallace and his team, you know, sound like they're liars or they're just coming up with a story to, you know, kind of match the narrative of everything that's going on. I don't want to be naive and think, you know, hey, you know, nothing's going on here because I know how some people are. There still are racial people out here, so I don't want to be naive. But I also don't want to think every little thing, something happens, it, it is racial going on. You know, if you see a cone in the middle of the street, oh, the KKK is somewhere around. I just don't want to be that, that guy. But I understand there's still races out here. And I understand that sometimes, you know, people might overreact to something that it, it wasn't meant to be what it was meant. But I don't know. It kind of looked like a noose. Nobody else's had theirs tied up like that in the garage. So like I said, I don't know what to really think, but I'm glad NASCAR has rallied behind them. They're sticking with them. You know, they're sticking together. And I appreciate that. And hopefully we'll get to the bottom of it. I still think it's something weird about this. I still think they should, you know, investigate a little bit more. And we find hopefully find a resolution to this story. But like I said, I wish them the best. NASCAR is not, you know, now, it's kind of tough to be the only black guy out there. So I know he goes through some situations. And we'll see how it goes. I'm wishing you the best, Bubba Wallace. With everything that's been going on, it's a lot of talks that the NFL owes Colin Kaepernick an apology and he should be signed immediately by an NFL team or even just, just put on a team, like no questions asked. Uh, sounds good and easier said than done. I don't know if Kaepernick could get another damn job. I think he might have played his last game in the NFL. I mean, with the debacle of the workout last year, he really hasn't said too much. At this stage of the game, does Colin Kaepernick even want to play football? I mean, let's be honest. Does he really want to play? He's been out four years. They're trying to make him a backup, which is crazy. I mean, Colin Kaepernick is a starter. He's been to Pro Bowls. He went to the Super Bowl, and they want him to come in here and be a backup, even a third string. With some of these guys that we see starting in the NFL now, Colin Kaepernick definitely deserves at least you know, to try to fight for a job, but he's been out four years now, so I don't know if that will work out. And like I said, does he even want to play anymore? We haven't heard much from him. He just won a you know settlement with the NFL for who knows how much money. It was really wasn't confirmed how much he got with him and Eric Reed with the collusion against the NFL to keep him out the league. He won. He won that with the owners. So I mean. He might be content with the money he has and all the things he's doing outside of football. I don't really honestly think Colin Kaepernick wants to play football anymore. That's that's just my opinion. 
You know, do the NFL probably think the collusion, giving him that money was their apology? I don't know if they're going to come out here and just flat out say, you know, we're sorry with Colin Kaepernick. I mean, Roger Goodell said he's okay with the players kneeling now. A couple of years ago, he, you know, condemned Kaepernick and, you know, didn't want the players kneeling. So he's had a little change of heart now. So we'll see as time goes on, as the season gets closer, you know, will Kaepernick end up on the team? There's several teams that's interested, I heard. The Seattle Seahawks, I heard. Anthony Lynn said the Chargers would sign him if, you know, if things became available. But, I mean, like I said, it's easy to say that now. You know, it's like seems like it's the right thing to say right now. Hey, yeah, we'll get, he deserves a chance. You've had four years to try to sign him, and nobody's really signed him. Well, the coaches, really, they really don't have a choice. It's up to the owners if they sign the players. But, like I said, it just sounds kind of weird now. The NFL owners have said nothing. You know, they haven't said anything about do they want Kaepernick back in the league or how do they feel about the situations that's going on. So, you know, that speaks volumes. Even though they're silent, that's speaking volumes with them not saying anything. And like I said, I don't think Kaepernick is a backup. I think he deserved, you know, even that year, he, the year he was out, he deserved to at least come back and try to try to get a starting job. If he couldn't get it done, then fine. At least you gave him a chance, you know. But like I said, he's been out the league for four years. You know, it's not like riding a bike. Well, you, you rode a bike and you can just jump back. He's been out the league four years. Playing the quarterback position is the toughest job in sports. I don't think he's just going to come out and just get back on the field and be the guy who we've uh, – known and love it's gonna be interesting i want to see him back in the league but i kind of don't think he wants to be back in the league but we'll see how it goes it's gonna be interesting once the season gets closer will kaepernick find his way back in the nfl does he want to be back in the nfl still a lot of questions that need to be answered the Cowboys Dak Prescott finally signed the franchise tag that's going to pay him $31 million next year I thought eventually he would sign it I didn't know what took so long they still have time to come up with a long term deal but I don't think it's going to happen here I think the Cowboys are doing a smart thing just taking it year by year with Dak I mean let's be honest here as much as I want Dak to get paid Dak has to come to the, you know, realization is like he's a top 10 to top 15 quarterback in this league. And sometimes you just, you can't overpay a guy, especially at the quarterback position. We've seen so many times where guys got a boatload of money and they just, it just ruins your franchise if you don't get it right. So I like what the Cowboys are doing here. You got to make sure you get it right, especially at the quarterback position. I think they think Dak's the guy, but they're going to bring in a new coach, a new philosophy. You know, you don't have the excuse with Jason Garrett over there messing up on the sideline. So you bring in Mike McCarthy, a guy who's won a Super Bowl, who's had success with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. So if he can't get Dak right, 
I don't know. Which Dak doesn't really need to be right. He's a solid quarterback, but I kind of want to see Dak move up into the upper echelon of quarterbacks. And then he might eventually get the deal that he's looking for. So we'll see. I mean, you got to look at Dak. He's put up good numbers last year, but I think they were all against bad teams. And, and you know, once defenses went to the prevent, prevent defense, I mean, you're up 31 to 10. So you're like, hey, let's just keep everything in front of us and let this clock run. And, you know, Dak has got a lot of good numbers at the end of games when the Cowboys were getting blown out or when they were just playing bad teams. But players hate the franchise tag. I know that. It's kind of like, it's kind of like giving giving somebody a wedding ring, but not setting a wedding date. Like, hey, you know, I'm letting you know, like, hey, we're getting married, but I'm not setting a date. You know, just to give you a year to get your shit together. You know, cut off them hood rat friends. Stay off social media every two seconds. You know, keep on handling your business. And then we'll come back to the table next year and reevaluate things and see where we go from go go to from there. I like it for the Cowboys. I know Dak hates it, but it is what it is. I mean, let's be honest. Dak Prescott will be making the most on the Dallas Cowboys next year. And I can name you about four or five players who I think are better players than Dak. It seems like we just overvalued the quarterback position, which it is the most important position in sports. Don't get me wrong. They handle all their business. They got basically make sure everything is right in the in the situation of the game. But I mean, I just feel like the quarterback position, why does the quarterback have to be the most paid player on every single team? I think Zeke is a better player than Dak. I think Amari Cooper is a better player than than Dak. Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Kyle Venderesh, Jalen Smith. You know, that's six right there. But since he is the quarterback, he'll be paid the most. It just seems like the NFL has turned into a quarterback league. You know, you can be the 10th best player on your team, but since you're the quarterback, you'll be paid the most. It seems like the MVP has just turned into whatever quarterback has the best season. You know, wide receivers can put up great numbers. Running backs could have you know all-time great year, but it's just gonna they're gonna give it to the quarterback. Whoever had whatever quarterback had the best year. That's just the way it is in the NFL. The quarterback position rules all. So I agree with it from the Cowboys' perspective. Hey, let's just, you know, make this a year by year. We brought McCarthy in. We'll see, you know, if that, you know, that turns you into a better quarterback. If not, we might franchise you again. We might let you go. Nothing's guaranteed. But Dak does sign the franchise tag. He'll be playing for the Cowboys. I heard he's going to report to camp, and we'll go from there. This is just, you know, kind of like last year. You know, we're going to see what you're going to do. And then we'll go from there. I like it from the Cowboys' perspective. Well, we're getting our first taste of what it's like with no fans in the arena with uh, the UFC and boxing right now. And I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of like what I'm seeing. I think this is really the blueprint for other sports on how to return you know, they're wiping everything down. Like I said, everyone's tested a couple of weeks or before everything, they make the travel. 
and it's coming off pretty good. I'm now a UFC fan. I can admit that and don't feel bad about it. I've really been watching it a lot since nothing else has been on. And I'm, I'm really entertained by what I see. Boxing came back a couple of weeks ago. I really watched a couple of matches. Really no f- intriguing fights right now, but at least it's something to watch. But with the UFC, I'm really getting into it. I like the action-packed sport. I mean, not the most technical guys in the world, just really going in there and going at it. So if you want to be entertained, like I said, I like it. I like the UFC. I'm going to start following it now, even when the major sports return, the basketball, the baseball, and the football. I mean, the the no-fan experience is really not as bad as I thought it would be. I was like, oh, my God, how is sports going to go with no fans? But it really hasn't been too bad still you know a sports that we love to watch so even with no fans it's still entertaining hell some of these boxers are not used to having nobody in the damn crowd any damn way but that's neither here nor there i think the ufc has benefited the most from from sports being shut down because they continue to just go with it continue to flow still getting good people to pay for the pay-per-views still coming on espn every other night so i really like what's going on i really do like it like i said i mean some of these guys i mean it's too much punishment for me i mean but if a broken jaw and a concussion gets you going i mean who am i to deny you of that pleasure but like i said sports is back ufc and boxing ufc is really you know surprised me as entertaining like i said it's no nothing really you know technical strategic about these guys they're just going in there and fighting it ain't you know the sweet science like boxing is but if you want to be entertained UFC is a good place to start I'm glad I'm watching and I'm also a fan now spend too much time on this but major league baseball will be starting back up too and they're going to make it a 60 game season so that's like more than 50 percent of their schedule you know they come finally come to a a agreement with the health and safety issues and the economic problems they have with the players so they finally came to a issue and they're going to get the season started you know at the end of july which, like I said, I think this might spice up the game a little bit, you know, a 60-game run. Who, Whoever, you know, gets hot the quickest. You can't get off to a bad start now, so this is going to put the pressure. This going to make baseball like every game counts now. You know, when you got 162 games, you can take days off and take a week off, and it doesn't matter. But now with the 60-game season, as soon as you say on your march, you know, on your march, set, go. You got to sprint to the finish line. There's no time to be playing around. That's where it can open the door for, like, mediocre teams. You know, every year we get that team that starts off good and has a good record. But once the second season starts to come around, they start to, you know, go back to being the mediocre team that they they are and always have been. But with the 60-game season, one of these teams can get hot, get into the playoffs. Anything can happen. I'm not ruling out anybody win this year in baseball anybody is it's definitely an even footing like i said you can get the pitch in you can get out to a good start 
and you don't have to worry about melting down in the second half because there is no second half. Just these 60 games, let's get through with them. Anything can happen. I think it's up in the air on who's going to be in the World Series and win it in baseball. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? So the NFL has announced that the first two weeks of the NFL preseason will be canceled. We kind of got word of this, but we kind of knew it was kind of going down that road a little bit with the Hall of Fame game being canceled between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys. That's just 2020 has just been a different year. So, I mean, you just got to move on and adjust. I know I feel bad for some of the later round rookies who really use the preseason as a you know, chance to really get on the scene and get as many snaps as possible. So it's going to be even tougher to make the team and really evaluate your teams with the, you know, with less preseason games. But it's the preseason. Us fans are not going to complain about it because we just ready to get to the regular season anyway. We don't really care about third stringers and guys who are going to be on the practice squad and, and guys fighting for the fifth linebacker position. We don't really pay attention to that. But the guys who trying to make a team and trying to make this their career. I know the preseason game is important, important to them. So I kind of feel bad for those guys. But I mean, does this kind of like scare me a little bit as far as the NFL season? Uh, not really, not really. I think things are going to be different though. I'm hope, hopeful it can start on time, but you just never know if things are changing every single day. You know, one minute we think it is, the next minute, I don't know. Then we hear fans could come back at a, you know, 50% capacity. Then the next thing you know, there's going to be no fans. So I'm just saying the dialogue is switching up every week. So you don't know what you're going to get. We're just going to have to, like, once we get there, you know, go from there. It's July right now. So teams are supposed to be reporting to training camp at the end of the month. So we'll see where it goes from there. First preseason games are canceled. Hopefully the season starts on time. We'll see. NFL preseason game shortened to two games this year. With the NBA season ready to kick back off in a couple of weeks, eight games, and then we get straight to the playoffs. I know it's a lot of players under pressure, but let's talk about some NBA coaches that I think are under pressure. I'm giving you my top five NBA coaches that I think are under the most pressure in the NBA playoffs. Number five, I'm going to go with Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers, to my opinion, has underachieved since he's been in L.A. with the Clippers. He's got the team right now that should go to the Western Conference Finals even win a championship. So let's see if he can get the job done. You know, for all the credit and all the love we give Dr. Rivers as being a great coach, he hasn't got out of the first round since 2015. He hasn't made it to a conference finals in since 2012, and his last championship was in 2008. That's 12 years ago. We've given Doc a lot of credit for things he has done, but he did win that championship with the big three Celtics, and he really hasn't proven, you know, 
He's really underachieved, in my opinion, as a Clippers head coach. So he's got the talent to do it right now. I think he needs to get it done this year. Number four, I'm going to go with Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel has also had some success in the Eastern Conference. He went to a conference finals two years in a row with the Pacers in 2013 and 2014, but he hasn't won a playoff series since then. The pressure's on. You got LeBron. You got Anthony Davis. They kind of don't want you anyway. They wanted Jason Kidd. He was always he was always their first option. They wanted Ty- Tyron Lue. So he needs to get the job done because who knows if anything's guaranteed if he'll be back next year. Number three, I'm going to go with Mike Budenholzer with the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't want Mike Budenholzer to start getting labeled as a regular season coach because it seems like he has some success in Atlanta. He came to Milwaukee last year. They won 60 games. They was on pace to win 60 games this year before the uh, season got shut down. He needs to get it done in the playoffs. He's got the team. They're in the Eastern Conference. They're clearly the best team in the Eastern Conference. Clearly got the best player in the Eastern Conference. If he doesn't want to get labeled as a regular season coach, he needs better success in the playoffs. Number two, I'm going to go with Brett Brown for the Philadelphia 76ers. He's really underachieved with the Sixers. They got a lot of young talent. It seems like we've been waiting on the process for years. I thought thought it finally arrived a couple of years ago, but it seems like they're still having issues. They're the sixth seed right now in the East. So they will have to play Boston, I think, right now in the first round. I don't like that matchup. I think Brad Stevens would thoroughly outcoach Brett Brown. I like Brett Brown as a person, but as a coach, he really hasn't showed me much. He just, you know, gets this, you know, respect because he came under Greg Popovich, but he really hasn't shown me with the talent he has that he can make them rise to another, another, uh, you know, rise to the occasion and get things done when, when it counts. I think he's kind of too soft for me. I think Jimmy Butler didn't like him for those same reasons. So he needs to, you know, light a fire up on this team so they can make a push in the playoffs. And number one, I think Mike D'Antoni. I think Mike D'Antoni is the epitome of a regular season coach. He's stubborn. He wants to, you know, do things his way. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't get his team where they should be. I think this might be his last chance. He might be on the outs in Houston if he doesn't get it done. They want to play small ball. I don't think it's a good idea, but he got to do his job on the line. He's got to make things happen. I think this was kind of the last resort that he's going to, and maybe they might surprise a couple of teams because they do got two of the best players in the league, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. So maybe they can catch fire and save D'Antoni's job. But if not, I think this might be his last season in Houston. We'll see. It's going to be interesting to see what these coaches do once the playoffs start. Thanks for joining me this week.